Hi, my name is Maria Phillips and I'm the Technologist of Beauty. This is a six month project before I turn the big 4-0. The aim of this project is to reverse the premature signs of aging on my face and neck, plus the acne scarring. These podcasts are research with industry experts to gain knowledge about procedures and topical treatments. I hope you enjoy. And did you want to really? I'll just try and record it. If it doesn't work, we can just take it off. Um, So questions that I want to ask. So I suppose if we start with an introduction, okay, and then I'll lead to the questions because um, I work in technology. Beauty is not my sector at all. I'm super interested in it. And I suppose over, over the next like 150, 160 days, I've set myself a target of, because I'm turning 40 in November, I want to drastically like just improve the acne scarring and stuff like that. But Your also, skin looks phenomenal. So. <laughs> yeah, I've got makeup on today. <laughs> I made an effort. I've been up since, I don't know, six or seven on calls. Um, but um, part of like me and my look, right, is I nearly always wear a red lip when I'm doing proper like work calls, but also brows. And I don't wear that much around my eyes. So I'm super interested to learn more in terms of like I get HD brows done. It doesn't do much because I'm very blonde, <laughs> very blonde on like skinny on all hair. Uh, so I really have to paint them back in. Um, yeah. And then I get HD brows done and I've heard my friends are getting henna brows done. Some are getting fee brows, I think it's called. Um, yeah, the microblading. Yes. And then yep. the other one, I think, is tattooed brows. Yes. So kind of that's why I wanted to talk to you. I was like, this girl knows about brows and I've seen your Instagram account and it's awesome. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to chat and like understand. Obviously, HD brows is at one level, right? And then tattooing and fee brows, it seems to be like way other, other level kind of. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to understand more. Okay, fantastic. Okay, so um, fee brows are great because that sort of gets people to sort of train them to regrow their brows because I think a lot of us were the victims of uh, 90s brows. So oh. we all had the very skinny yeah. skinny. Oh, yeah, you like one um, hair yeah. the whole way along. Yeah. So we'll blame Kate Moss for that. Um, oh. <laughs> um, so that's, yeah, it's a really good way to um, sort of train the regrowth of the brows and then it's the dyeing and that the waxing or threading as well of the brows to get the really nice shape. And then I think with the brow tattooing or the microblading, it's sort of taking those principles of really perfecting the brow shape, but then sort of permanently or semi-permanently implanting that shape there, really. So, And how did you get started in this whole sector? Well, I am very new to the industry. So I've been wanting to do this for five years. I've just been so fascinated by it I first had my brows done about 10 years ago and I live in Dorset and I traveled all the way down to Bristol to have them done because it wasn't that common at the time and um so I really researched it and I was because again I, I had you know really patchy brows where I'd over mm. when I was younger drove all the way to Christ- Bristol and I had this lady do the machine in Harley Street in London so I sort of really trusted her and I was like okay yeah I'm gonna <laughs> gonna have my face tattooed and I, honestly it was the best thing that I ever did because it really gave me that shape back and then where I was one of those people I pluck my eyebrows every day so I don't I saw stray hairs you know it's always mm-hmm. there just plucking away and it really gave me the confidence to let my eyebrows grow back and I had a really nice shape and um 
I sort of came, you know, it's not permanent. So you come back a sort of a year or two years later and you have the, the colour chopped up. Um, and the first time I had it done, I just thought, this is really fascinating. I thought I'd just love, I'd love to do it because I really like beauty as well. Um, I'm really artistic. Yeah. And sort of combines those two things together. And um, yeah, I just thought this was a really interesting industry. And I've got children. So it's something that at the time I couldn't really focus on. Mm-hmm. And it's come to the point now when my children are a bit older. And I was like, that's it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to train. And there's an academy very near to where I lived, because that was also the other hurdle, was having to travel to London yeah. to train, staying up there whilst doing the training, travelling backwards and forwards. And with children, that can be quite difficult. Yeah. So um, when the academy came to the area near me, I was like, perfect, that's it. That's my sign. I'm going to do it. I'm going to train. And... Um, and that's where I am today, really. So, and which ones do you do? So, there's the HD and like the tattooing and the henna ing. But which which ones do you do? I do. It's called micropigmentation. So we use a very similar machine to a conventional tattoo machine, but it's more like a pen. Okay. And there's lots of different needles, needle cartridges that fit into these tattoo um, sort of pen machines. And the ones we tend to use the most, the procedures in sort of either eyes, lips. Um, or eyebrows they're called 1RL which means one round liner so it's a very small like like a pinprick needle yeah and they come in different sort of sizes and the most common size is either 0.25 0.33 or 0.30 millimeters for the single needle yeah and to um, create the shape it's a series of dots so it's we call it um it's like a pixelation effect. So you're just running the, the tattoo needle across the skin mm-hmm. and it's leaving lots of tiny little dots. And depending on how fast or slow you move your hand or how fast or slow the machine is set depends on the spacing between the dots. So you can either have sort of a much more compact um, pixelation effect or slightly more open, which would give like a, a more powdery effect. Yeah. And can I yeah. ask you, so... If you're going to get brows like this done, right, what's the preparation? Like, do you have to, is it no fake tan? Like, how do you yes. prepare to do something like this? Okay, so um, there's, we have lots of things that are called contra-actions, which so certain things that we can't do it for, so you have to wait sort of two weeks after Botox. If you have Botox, um, you have to wait two weeks after that because obviously that will change the position of your brow and your forehead. Yeah. And if you go in a, t- a bit too soon and someone maps the brows, <laughs> the shape of your face at that time, and then your face suddenly, yeah, suddenly moves two weeks later, yeah. then not, it's not going to be good for you. Is it? Um, yeah, so two weeks after Botox, um, you have to be two weeks after sunbed or sun tanning. Okay. So we can't do it with if you've got sunburn on your face because when um you go through the procedure you're slightly damaging your skin and it makes your skin more susceptible to sun damage so after the procedure you can't go in the sun and before you just want your skin to be the healthiest it can be really so no sun damage um you uh, and other things that people also aren't aware of is things like coffee you can't drink coffee the morning of your procedure it's a blood thinner so we want yeah (laughs) and also aspirin and paracetamol you can't have those two two days before again that there are also blood thinners. Um, uh, what else can't you do before? Um, I think those those are really the main ones that and we sort of say. So you're going through and you sort of design the shape. So on the day you sort of do a kind of, do you do a mock, a mock up? <laughs> we do, yeah. It's called brow mapping. So okay. there are certain points within the face 
that will give you a really lovely brow shape so that we can decide where your arch goes, where your tail finishes and where your brow starts. Okay. So generally, if you see the, it's a shame I, you can't see, but if you go to the, you know, the inner points of your eyes, where your tear, tear ducts are. Yeah. yeah. So just before that, you will do a line that will come up from there. Yeah. Um, and then to find where your arch goes, we, I remember, looked, I've had it done before, they do like this, right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. And, and then, then for your arch, um, it's yeah, where your that. pupil goes, the outside of your pupil, that will yeah. out your arch point. And then for your tail, from the outside oh, of your okay. nostril to the outside of the corner of your eye, and yep. that's where your tail will finish. So hmm, I've got some dimensions off here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then from then on, so those are the kind of like the nice key points that you have. And obviously we'd have the, the top of your brow and the bottom of your brow, but yeah. that always changed to people. Some people have really asymmetrical brows. If you've got a really strong muscle, some people have a really strong muscle in one of their eyes. If they've got a really expressive face. Yeah. Their brow will always sit a bit higher than the other. So it's sometimes having to bring one brow down a bit, yeah. one brow up a bit. So that means that you have to tell the client that you're going to have maintenance, that you're always going to have to take a bit of hair away from one brow and best way from the other one from the top one from the bottom once we've um kind of even them out for them afterwards and i do find that i have like a little bit of a difference because i did a dimple here and one submerged i put on weight for a while ago oh, and, sort of submerged. Yeah. and it does it changes like the level of my face yeah i'm exactly the same one corner of my mouth sits slightly higher and it's the yeah. one where i have dimple because yeah. where that muscle is stronger it's <laughs> yeah. funny yeah um but I do find like this brow even like is a it's it's like as if this one sits higher but this one um is fuller so I tried to make this one fuller and then I end up slightly overfilling I've even done it today slightly overfilling that brow uh manually so I think I'm interested at some point to get it done I'm a little bit of a chicken in terms of the tattooing and that's not to say that like you like obviously you do phenomenal work I've looked at your Instagram uh it looks amazing but like I'm a little bit of a chicken in terms of like what happens if you know you get tattooed how long does it stay for um okay so yeah so the industry's moved on quite a lot so the old pigments that they used to use weren't as color stable as the ones that they use now the one pigments that they use now are moving more towards um, the stability of body tattooings so they last a lot longer than the old pigments the old pigments used to fade out different colors so say so you had black well a, a blacky brown if you had sort of was an, an asian person or um you know someone with a darker skin tone um the ink might fade up to a blue a blue gray wow. which obviously isn't the most appealing thing to have um, ideal. brown that might fade out to an, an orangey color yeah and that was the problem so they've really worked on completely reformulating the pigments they're a lot more color stable so now that they fade true to color so if you've had a brown pigment in it'll fade to a lighter brown okay. but by doing that they do last longer so I mean I've had my brows done I have the first time I had them done 10 years ago and I've probably had them done maybe six times since then yeah um and so they fade, but we do say that even though they are designed to fade, you will probably always have a very slight color haze left yeah. afterwards. And if you really didn't like that, there are ways to sort of um, get rid of it quicker. Yeah. So things like 
the, all the aftercare that you're told not to do <laughs> to prolong the length of your brows, if you really didn't like it, you do that. So you'd exfoliate the area, you'd use retinols on there, you'd use AHAs, yeah. you'd use all the things that promote a lot of skin um, turnover. Because where the pigment isn't implanted as deep as body tattoos, um, it's easier to get that skin to turn over, turn over, turn over, till you get to the point where the pigment is implanted and you can sort of get it to go. So it's not permanent, permanent, but it's getting that balance if you want something that you're investing money into that it lasts you know a good amount of time yeah but obviously again you don't want something to stay there forever because fashion changes our faces change and the brow that you might like at the age of 20 or 30 you might not like that in your 40s you might want to be a bit of a thinner brow or a thicker brow and you might want to move your arch or you want to you know change where your tail is so it gives the artist that flexibility with the pigment phasing that if you do want to change it you can later down the line because that is kind of funny because if you think back to that 90s brow which I definitely embraced um, back then and then obviously the Cara Delevingne movement (laughs) yeah we've all followed that (laughs) so God only knows what we're going to be like in about 10 or 20 years uh, in terms of what we want for brows so that's good to know that you know if you commit to it it's not committing forever it's you know you there are ways to get out of it yeah, there are ways to get out of it. And then, like, if the worst comes to the worst, you can laser them off. Yeah. <laughs> but um, really, hopefully that shouldn't happen because that that only needs to tend to happen if you have an artist that implants the pigment it's sort of too deep into the skin, so they're pressing too hard with a needle. And then, you know, that's when the, it's really hard to shift the, the tattoo. But if you go to someone that's sort of, you know, trained properly, they won't be implanting the pigment too deep. So it will have go through its natural cycle and fade out as the years go on. Very cool. Okay. And I think, you know, in terms of like, I think my friend got it done. It was about 300 pounds or something. Yeah. It's about that for getting it done. But I honestly, like, I think, because I use Benefit, whatever it is, brows, you know, the one with the two-ended yeah two-ended thing one is a spoolie brush and the other one is just the crayon or something and I've used that for years and I think they actually run out quick, quick. I would spend on a year that I'm actually going places that I'm doing my brows every day, I'd probably spend, because they're 30 quid a pop, 120 yeah. quid, easy. On, yes. And that's, you know, they're the days I get up and I do my brows. But I think for me, what I kind of want to look at is it kind of structures your face, right? Your brows are really the starting point, your lips and stuff like that. But like it causes structure in your face as far as I can see. Um, and when I don't have my makeup on or when I'm, I'm not, you know, when I'm not made up, and um, certainly they just fade. <laughs> I look like I'm just all um, forehead down to eyelids because they go so pale. I do get them tinted. Um, so for me, it's for when I'm not wearing makeup. That's actually the key. I think yeah. it would be nice to have my actual brows on, like what I should have done before I plucked them. Um, so that's what I'm kind of aiming at at some point. I'm getting plasma pen hopefully done next week oh exciting it's really exciting but I don't think I can get anything done kind of too close to that so I'll be looking kind of maybe closer to the end of the year or something like that to get it done and and see what difference it makes um is there anything else we know need to know about brows or do you want to tell me um anything else just trying to think um I think the, the, the aftercare is one is sort of quite a, a sort of a big thing. So I think lots of people don't quite realise that how to look after them afterwards, and yeah. that actually it's the 
end result is normally it's about 30% the actual artist and then it's about 70% to do with the client. So probably another 30% is your skin type and then the other 40% is aftercare. So um, the pigments sit completely differently in different skin types. So if you have oily skin, Mm. you will get a slight um, pigment might slightly spread in your skin. So if you were going to have hair strokes, that's not advised people with with, um, oily skin because the pigment isn't as stable in oily skin types. Um, and also the longevity of the treatment isn't as um, isn't as long in, in oily oily skin types. Yeah. Um, so yeah, aftercare is really really important because um, that's why we sort of have it structured into appointments. So you have your first initial appointment. Yeah. Where you'll sort of get the shape in and things like that. But then we have a top up, top up appointment because you can um, knock off the pigment as you're healing. So say yeah. so you see one side of your face. You might knock off the tail of that brow during the night accidentally, and then that will pull the ink out, oh, okay. the pigment out. So it's very, really important that we have the two appointments because then we sort of perfect the shape. And then, say, so you you heal patchy or unevenly, we can go back in and add more pigment where needed, and sort of tweak tweak the shape as well. Because whilst you're having the procedure, your face does slightly swell, so there might be slight unevenness after it that can be really easily sorted out in the next appointment. We're talking yeah. like millimeter here and there, but. The artist would probably notice, but anyone in the street wouldn't notice. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, um, but yeah, it's really important to say stay out of the sun whilst you're healing. Yeah. Because that can break down the pigment and also, again, for the skin sensitivity, because obviously you slightly damage your skin through the tattooing process. Yeah. Um, and you don't want to cause any things like um, hyperpigmentation and things like that. Mm. Um, things like sweating. Another one, if people work out a lot, you have to be prepared not to work out for a week after the appointment because you can't sweat. No, no problem. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> no sweating, no soreness, no swimming. So it's not yeah. the sort of thing you do and you go on holiday because you won't be able to do anything nice on your holiday or you're going to ruin your brow. So it's definitely a thing to do sort of a couple of weeks to really, I would say a month to six weeks before on holiday. Yeah. But you're fully healed. And again, if you if it's your first appointment, you're going to want to probably pencil them in afterwards. Um another funny thing about the healing process the way the body heals you'll have your tattoo yeah will look great and then they'll go really dark the day after as they sort of scab yeah and then they'll go really flaky so you'll have about three to four days where you'll just think what have I done my eyebrows look terrible they're scabby half flaking off so if you've got like a really important date or a meeting or I don't know an event you you, that's sort of three to four days you probably don't want to be seeing people um because your, your brows will not be looking their best and then once that part's gone you've gone through that part it looks like they've disappeared so they've all scabbed off and you're like i've paid all this money there's no pigment yeah. there they're really light and it's just the body's way of healing as the body heals it's it's got something foreign in there so all your white blood cells are going to to the pigment and thinking yeah. right what is this is it an infection can we flush it away the lymphatic system's like going into sort of healing mode so thinking right what we do what we're going to do with this pigment and because it's the the um the size of the pigment the lymphatic system can't flush it away so the white blood cells will um capture the pigment and they basically it's like a quarantine period of what they're deciding is this a foreign body is this going to make you know the body sick and then once it's decided that, you know, that it's not it's not an infection, it's not going to make you ill, um, it sort of uh, releases the pigment. So it's okay. there, the blood cells are sort of trapped around it, and then you'll see the colour come back through to the top of the skin. So that the whole healing process is about 28 days. Yeah. So from day 
sort of ten to fourteen, you're kind of yeah, you, your brows aren't really going to be there, and it's kind of the clients are like, oh god, <laughs> like, yeah, what's happened? And then you know, by that by the time that four months gone, the color comes back again. You're like, okay, you know, they're there again, and they're really soft and light, and they don't look like a sharpie. You know, they're nice and sort of um, powdery and yeah. subtle. So you know, they're really nice because it's the way that they heal. It's in a way that you'd look lovely sort of on the beach. You'd look great during the school run, you know, when you're just kind of get, getting up and out. But then when you put a bit, a bit of makeup on, you've already got your brows there. But if you're going on a night out, you're probably going to want to put, you know, a bit of brow gel through, a bit of pencil, yeah. just intensify the colour. But you've already got the perfect shape there. Mm. So I would say if you're the kind of person that wears makeup every day, you know, you like a heavy eye or you like to wear a lot of mascara, then you probably still, you know, don't throw away your brow pencil because you're yeah. probably still going to want to use that and you're going to want to intensify what you've already got there. But if you're the kind of person that, you know, slick in the, just a little, little bit of mascara and that's it, and some face cream, you're good to go. Then you can just leave them as they are because they'll look really natural and they'll just sit really lovely on your face and just give you the extra structure. But, you know, they're not the first thing you see when someone walks in and they're like, oh, wow. <laughs> look at that lady and just her brows yeah definitely I think yeah it's definitely something I want to get done in a point of time at a point of time but like obviously not for a while yet but in terms for you like career wise moving into the beauty sector what was that like for you and do you obviously you love what you're doing you can hear it in your voice you absolutely love what you're doing and so would you recommend getting into this sector and specifically into into the brow area that you're in um, I would, I would say that it's, um, it's really rewarding, um, especially when someone sort of looks in the mirror afterwards and they're like, oh my God, I love my brow. So that, that really like, that moment of like joy in someone's face is really, really nice. I, yeah. I you know, enjoy that part of it. Um, I would say it's, it's hard work. It is really hard work. It's learning a new skill. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot, like a lot of practice. We practice on latex, which is like a sort of um, a fake skin. It's a lot of practice and it's, the hand movement is something really foreign to what you would think so you think you're going to be drawing but it's not it's like a really specialized skill of how you move your hand when you've mm. got the hand so yeah was, in in my head I thought oh you know I'll just get that super easily but it's a lot you know it's a lot of hard work a lot of practice um and you just have to stick at it and yeah but it's so so rewarding and I would say if, if someone like me has sort of been thinking about it and thinking about it I'd say just do it train um be prepared to put a lot of hard work in but um, it is, yeah, it's definitely really rewarding. And the thing is, though, now, now working in, like, in beauty, I just, I'm curious about other treatments. I'm like, oh, I want to try this. I want to try that. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> definitely. I, I actually, before I went on, <clears throat> pardon me, and did like my other career, um, I wanted to do beauty. So I didn't, in Ireland, when you finish your like leaving surgery, I think it's the equivalent of the A-levels here, um, and you're going into college, I didn't get the course I wanted, okay? And my snap decision was to do beauty. And then I kind of thought, well, if I do that, it's a limiting, in my mind back then, like this is back in 2000, 2001, I felt like it was a limited career because I was like, oh, I'll just be working in a salon. I didn't think big picture of like the freedom it would create actually if I'd done it. Because, yeah, you know, your ability to work from home is different to my, like I'm on conference calls or, you know, I'm working with an Excel sheet or I'm working with a PowerPoint and it's not the most interesting job in the world. Versus actually, it's quite creative. The beauty sector is quite creative. Um, and just being able to, I suppose, have that flexibility. I never, you know, now I'm quite not trapped in my, my job, but I'm certainly tied 
to going to London to like flying and well, eventually, hopefully I'll be back flying and doing bits and bobs. Um, yeah. But it's, a you know, a career choice that I, I decided not to go for. And there's a little part of me that does regret that as well. Well, that's, it's never too late. It's never it. too late to retrain. <laughs> so I'm, I'm now, so. Uh, so yeah, and I feel like I, if I had trained um, when I was maybe 24, I wouldn't be as confident as I am now yeah. sort of in this sort of stage of my life. So um, yeah, I'd say that it, yeah, it's never too late. And also I find like in this industry, it is, um, seems to be an industry full of slightly women in sort of the second half of their career. Yeah. It's something people go into straight away. So they've you know done previous other jobs and then gone into this so maybe there might have been a lash tech before or nail tech yeah. or just be completely different before I was working in events before I did this so um yeah I think it's never too late to go into a different career maybe at some point maybe actually. yeah you never know it would have to be something based in technology for all that I get bored with risk and compliance and accounting I actually <laughs> love the technology side so oh you'd be amazing then because um a lot of this industry is actually based sort of like um on Instagram um, and yeah. um and yeah so I think you'd be you'd be great at that <laughs> cool well listen thanks so much for taking the time to chat to me today anyway you've oh, been lovely. I think you've like you know I speak I think speaking to you because I've never gotten a consultation and I know you do need like obviously if you're going to do something like tattoo price you definitely would need to have like an in-person consultation but thanks for having the chat because I think I do feel more confident in terms of you know what I want to get done Uh, at some point but yes thanks for taking the time this morning that's okay it was lovely speaking to you lovely speaking to you too um right well i'll say goodbye (laughs) but i'll I'll stop recording it actually hold on one sec how do i do this again i don't know stop share where am i now i've lost which one i'm in All right. Okay. Right. Bye. Bye. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed today's show. Please do like, rate and subscribe. And as we continue on this six month project, do join me for more industry chats.